like to thank you for joining us for another episode of Looking to Jesus. My name is John Hines. I am the preacher for the Church of Christ in North Ridgeville, Ohio, and I am joined by Daniel Sanders, preacher for the Norwalk uh, Church of Christ in Norwalk, Ohio. Happy New Year to everyone. Happy New Year to you, John. We're back. We're back. We're back, from, since, we're back from the holidays. It's been a year since we've been on this podcast together. You ventured down south for I the did. holidays. I ventured up north for the holidays. And we've come back and stuck in the middle with you, as the philosopher said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's good to be back. Uh, good to be back with you. Uh, hope everyone is doing well this week. So we left off before the break. We're, we're in the Sermon on the Mount. And what did we talk about in our last episode? I think it was loving your enemies there at the tail end of Matthew chapter 5. And so a little bit of a transition here into chapter 6. We're going to look at just the first four verses together. This is Matthew 6. You want to read it or you want me to read it? I can it? read it for us. Go for it. It says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly." You know, one of the points that we made at the beginning of this study was there There does seem to be a recurring theme or a, a thread throughout all of these topics. And that thread is we're talking about matters of the heart. Yeah. And here you have this outward manifestation, this charitable deed. But it's like, here's the thread again. It's like, why are you doing this? And it's we're, we're into the matters of the heart. Because on the surface, you know, the King James, I think, is your almsgiving or the giving of alms is, is actually what it is. And you would think, well, surely charity is a good thing. You know, I mean, I mean, good grief. The Lord told the rich young ruler, sell what you have and give alms. Yeah. You know, give it to the poor. Well, well, surely that's a good thing. And I think the answer is for for the receiver, it's a good thing. Yeah. But for the giver, it depends on your motive. Right. And if even if the rich young ruler, if he gave if he gave alms but did it for the wrong reason, well, it wasn't any credit to him. Exactly. We see there's we see there's a great blessing from it. When you have, like I said, when you have the right motive, I think a good example of that is Cornelius, who don't gave, steal my thunder, oh, Daniel. I didn't even know you had it on your notes, but too bad. <laughs> ching ching. <laughs> <laughs> but look, Cornelius, he was a man who had the right motives with everything, and you know we're, we'll talk about it. I guess uh, that he was remembered for it, and it's not a matter of him wanting to do it to be looking at us. It's what Jesus is saying here. He was doing it in the right way, in the right manner. Of yeah. wanting to be charity. That's what it is. When we talk about charity, it is the ability to give or the freedom to give and wanting to give. Right. 
Uh, I can remember I had one family member, uh, you know, they would, when it came time to giving, uh, when I was younger, it was, you know, he put a dollar in the plate and then into one that he couldn't afford more, but then even given that dollar, he said, I don't even want to do that. That's not charity. That's not being able to try to give in any type of way. Uh, we want to do it. We express and have that desire to be charitable. Yeah. And the Lord, you know, it's more blessed to give than receive. Yeah. The, the Lord wants us to do this. So to look at the passage, one of the things I wanted us to to see is you have this concept of reward. And, and he talks about if you do it one way, you lose your reward. If you do it another way, you gain your reward. So so he uses this language and he, he says, um, if you do if you do these things to be seen by people, by men, he says, you have no reward from your father in heaven. You've just lost it. And it's like, here, here the Pharisees are. And, you know, Paul says, my heart's desire for Israel is that they may be saved. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They had zeal. Yeah. But if, if in their zeal, if in their, how they saw things, if they were just doing things to be seen by men, it's like, you have no reward from God. You've just lost your heavenly reward. And if you think this is what, if you think this is pleasing to the Lord, doing this deed to be seen by men, no, the Lord is not pleased at all. You've just lost your reward. But if you, if your heart is in the right place, and it talks about verse four, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will Himself reward you openly, and there's the reward, and that idea of. Do you have any thoughts on that whole reward you openly business? Does that mean if you, you know, this is like the televangelist and the tent meeting, you know, put well, a little put a little seed money in there. And yeah. then when I open up my wallet, instead of $10, there's $20. It was a miracle. I think that I think what's it, the open reward, I guess, is my question. I think that the open reward is I, I kind of make it a little bit more application towards the eternal reward. I think so. We're all will be ju- you know, we're all going to be judged and we're all going to know where we're going to be in the end. You know, when we stand before God, we're going to have those that are going to go into heaven, those that are not going to those that are going to be going to eternal punishment. And there's that that concept, that idea that, you know, all are going to know which way you are. You're either going to be there with the blessing and it's going to be God rewarding us openly, of course, as we as we read there in that passage in verse 4. He's going to openly reward us. You know what is what we've been doing in secret, or we've been, what we've been doing, where people did not need to know what we were doing with our charitable deeds. God's going to reward us. Yeah, on I'm our obedience. Of, oh, when the Lord spoke about whoever confesses me before men, I will confess him before the yeah. angels and my Father in heaven. Which gets us into you know in that next section of verse we're going to look at here, Lord willing, next week, kind of looking at there after the model prayer what yeah. you're just talking about there. Yeah. So so here as we think about these charitable deeds. Even as outwardly, and frankly, you know, the widow and her two mites, everyone else is giving out of their prosperity. The widow, she puts in all that she has. Nobody else knows that except for Jesus. Exactly. And when Jesus called it out, then, of course, other people knew. Yeah. But before that, no one knows, and that's how it should be. Right. As we'll talk about anonymity here in a second, the Lord knows. The Lord who sees in secret will reward you openly. But, you know, this concept of, and it just floors me in the passage, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. Can you imagine (laughs) passing the collection plate 
and before you give, pull out like a little kazoo and, <laughs> you know. It's like, I was going to do one of those. And <laughs> I mean, it's like, and that's what, that's what they were doing. Yeah. It's like they were blowing a horn. And of course they, they tried to justify and say, well, that way everybody can know, you, you know, that, that there are, um, that, that they can come and get their portion. You know, it's, that one, it's like calling, calling the poor to come get, you know, what they need to get. It's like ringing the dinner bell. Yeah. You, you know, that's what it is. It's just ringing the, it's like, no, you just want everyone to know what you've done. It's like, uh, you know, I, I I imagine I can speak for myself, and I could probably speak for you too. We, we, each, dare you. <laughs> each of us have done a lot of good things over the years that we have not had to sit there and broadcast about. Correct? I know sometimes when people have that thing with social media, they have the the temptation to want to share their good sure. works all the time now. But there are times where it's like, I go help somebody. You know, one one time it was to be able to. I took the hinges off a fridge door so we could get it in her house because someone dropped it off and they couldn't get it inside. I don't know. Check. I didn't know how to do it. I sat there and did, but I didn't go up. You know, like next Sunday morning. You know what I did yesterday? Yeah. I helped out Sister Mary over there and she couldn't get her fridge door in. And I want everybody to know I unhooked the fridge door for her to get it inside. And it's because of me she's got cold food and able to put food in the freezer once again. It's like, why would I do that? Why do we? Why is it that we have to broadcast or why is it that we have to? As you said, get your kazoo and be able to say, well, yeah. look at me, look at what I'm doing to make some sort of spectacle. It's because we want to try to puff our own ego and self up. You, you know, there's a passage and we're going to we're going to read it again. I'll just it's Cornelius, right? just reference. No, <laughs> it's first Timothy five where, where yeah. Paul is talking to Timothy and he says, you know, some men's sins are clearly evident. Others yeah. will follow. But then he says, likewise, some people's good works are clearly evident, and then others are the same way. You may not know about them. The Lord knows about them. There's a lot of good works that you have no idea because they are done anonymously. And that's it's like the Lord knows. The Lord knows, and he's, he's the rewarder. But, you know, you're talking about, you know, the whole bragging thing. So let's talk about different ways, um, different ways of seeking attention. And one of them is pretty obvious, bragging, you know, and it's just like, look, look at what I've done. Look at what I've done. Everybody look at what I've done. We look for that, you know, what we, what we used to call the Kodak moment. Some people may not, you know, kids Kodak, are, what is kids that? our age will, our kids will not be able to understand truly what the Kodak <laughs> moment was. You know, it's the <laughs> worst imitation of a Polaroid camera I've ever heard in my life. You know, you had that one. Sounded like whale song. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that, you know, what do we see today? Uh, you know, I'm not trying to get on this this soapbox, but what do we see today? You see people sitting there; they got to sit there and take a picture of everything right. they're doing. They got to photograph everything of their life. I'll say, if everything is a Kodak moment, then ultimately that waters down Kodak moments. Yeah. If everything is awesome, then awesome doesn't mean anything anymore. Right. It's mediocre. Yeah. There, and, um, but don't get me wrong; there are moments to be able to praise things when we do things. It, you know, but it's not a matter of I should not be looking at it to be able to seek the praise or seek right. the glory of men. Yeah, we'll talk about we'll, talk, we'll talk about, about that, that more here, here in just a, a little bit. But 
but, but for now, just seeking attention and you have bragging. The other thing you mentioned, social media. One thing that drives me crazy is humble bragging. Yeah. When people are like, well, I've just worked so hard today and I just don't have time hardly to sit down at the end of the day. And it's, it's bragging. Yeah. It's humble bragging. Yeah. It's in, it, it, sometimes you'll hear it in people's prayers when they, when they pray, Lord, we humbly come before you this morning. It's like, oh, thanks for telling the Lord how humble, how humble you are. And, um, but it's, I, I just like the phrase humble bragging because sometimes people, it, it's an underhanded, it's not overtly bragging, it's covertly bragging, but it's the same thing. Something else I had on my list, and this is an interesting one, you know, you'll see it in in denominations where, you know, they have a huge fellowship hall. And I remember, oh, down in Magnolia, Arkansas, which I know you're familiar with, Daniel, but our listeners won't, um, but driving past this like huge denomination. And it was the, I can't remember the name, the John Williams Wing Wing of the local Baptist church, <laughs> you know, and, and I guess it was whoever the guy was who donated the money for the wing of the building. Right. And it's like the, I'm wait, John Williams was the guy who did star Wars songs. Let's use another name, Doug Williams. Oh, that's a quarterback for the Redskins. <laughs> I don't know. Some other name, Max Williams, Dave, David, there we go. Max Williams. Max I don't Williams. know a Max Williams. <laughs> Thank you. It's like the Max Williams wing. And it's like, he gave the money so we could build this wing. And at some point, it's like, are you kidding me? Just so you could, you know, we got to put that name up there. Now, I don't see much difference. I know the congregation here in Norwalk, and you can correct me if I'm wrong about this. Someone donated the land, didn't they? Or someone had the land that the building is built on? No. I thought someone like... Did the how how did the no. land come in? Am I just I wrong? I, Have I, I dreamt this? You dreamt that one up. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not surprised. The point the point I'm making is um, that you uh, I, I don't see much difference between a memorial wing and just saying this is my church. You, you know what's the difference between Max Williams Wing and Max Williams, whatever, community church. I don't see much difference in it. Yeah. When people start slapping their names on buildings or on wings or on, and I mean, it's like, this is my pew. It has my name on it. It's like, really? And my point is, it's another form of attention seeking. It's look at what I've done. Yeah. I've donated the money for this wing or this pew or this toilet. I don't see anybody ever slapping their name on a toilet <laughs> so that every time someone uses a commode and they flush, it's like, oh, I remember Brother Hines. He was a good pre- whoosh. I don't, you know, but people do stuff like that. And, it, and it's just another form of attention seeking. Uh, another example I, I thought of is when Jesus talks about giving a dinner. And he says, when you give a dinner, don't invite your friend, your friends or your family, lest they repay you. He says, no, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind, and the Lord has the reward. The point being, sometimes, sometimes people do charitable deeds because they are expecting reciprocation. Yeah, it's like yeah. I'm scratching your back. 
I'm doing charity for you so that you'll do charity for me. Right. It's like, no, that's attention seeking. Oh, absolutely. That's that's what that is. And, and then the last thing, you, you know, so we can move on to the next point. And again, the Pharisees were the ultimate example of this, probably just looking religious so that, you know, again, it's attention seeking. Right. And I think, and you would probably agree with this, it can go it can go two different ways. You have the televangelist in the shark skin suit, you know, the Cree flow dollars. Yeah. And, you know, and the guy's like, man, they look sharp. <laughs> you know, I and and it's just you got to be kidding me. I, I remember going to um, to Central America and it was going to be one hundred and ten degrees. And I remember someone telling me, well, you need to wear a suit jacket because that's what preachers wear. I'm like, really? You know, and and so it's like you have on one extreme, you got to wear the uniform. You got to yeah. wear, you, know, yeah. you got to wear this. But then on the other extreme, you have the the casual guy, the guy who looks like he's going to Starbucks and getting the latte, <laughs> you know, and he's got the rolled up sleeves and the, the work boots and the right. plaid flannel shirt. And he looks like, oh, Daniel's cool because he's the casual preacher. Woo. Check him out. And it's another form of attention seeking. And yeah. It's like, look at me. I'm the cool guy, you know. Right. And, and so there's different ways of attention seeking. That's what the Lord's dealing with. It's like, no, don't be like that. Don't don't be like that. That when you do a charitable deed, it's like, don't don't seek men's applause. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't your your motives aren't right. Your heart's not in the right place. Don't sound a trumpet, and don't do any don't do any other version of sounding a trumpet. Just just do what you do what you can do what you need to do and and that's good enough yeah um any other types of attention seeking that you can think of before i move on to my next soapbox uh no soapbox <laughs> uh, the soapbox is getting higher let's go up to the next level i'm not seeking next attention pedestal. i'm just trying to deal next with pedestal. the issue. because the thing <laughs> is you know he says concerning this Take heed that you do not do your charitable deed before men to be seen by them. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, um, when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In my notes, I put limited anonymity. And what I mean by that is the person you're talking about who you, you took off the refrigerator door. Someone knew that you did that. And who was it? Her. Her. It's like, that's the person. So someone someone does know yeah. it's the recipient of the charity, right? I right. Mean, and what it goes back to, and this is this is the issue back in chapter five, when the Lord says, "Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify God," because people do need to see your good works. Right. So these things. That's why I say it's limited anonymity. It's not total anonymity. Because someone does, someone should know, someone should see your work, but it's not up to you to run it up a flagpole. It's it's like no, you do the charitable deed, and, and you're not it. seeking men's applause. That's it. That, that's all. That's that, it. That's all. That's all we're doing is it, you know, if I'm helping you out, you know what it was. Right. I know what it was, and we don't need to go any further than that. Right. You know, I, you see it before where individuals will sit there and broadcast what what they've done, and you know, then there's no and there's no, there's nothing left. You know, right. it's like 
Yeah. And, and I will say it doesn't go any further than that on your part. Yeah. If, if the person that receives the help or benefit, if they want to be able to brag you up or right. to try to do that, right. that's okay. Yeah. That's, that, that's okay. That's, that's not that arrogant boasting. They're not seeking men's applause no they're, they're they're holding up someone else they're holding the hands up of someone else right. they're 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 kind of they're doing that exalting of some right. letting, right, right, letting right. the other person the other the recipient do the exalting yeah be able to say let me tell you about this person look at this is what he's done boom that's yep. it and then it, it could be that they're wanting because someone else says, well who did that or what what you know how'd you get that here and everything well here so and so helped me out with it yeah you know there's nothing wrong with being able to do that because that's where we get into, for instance, James, you know, when we talk about, I, I, th- I thought about James four, you know, the God resisting the proud yeah, and he gives grace to the humble, you know, we don't, we're not doing this pride or this, this arrogant boasting of ourselves right, on this because that kind of starts getting into, you know, we're puffing up our own ego then. Yep. I want to look in Luke chapter seven for an example of this. I want to look at three examples actually. In Luke 7, it's the account, and I was wrong. It was not Cornelius, by the way. Okay. You did not steal my thunder. I have reclaimed my thunder, but it is another centurion. <laughs> <laughs> and in, it's in Luke 7 when a certain centurion, verse 2, he has a servant who is dear to him, was sick and ready to die, and when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him. So here's this Roman centurion sending elders of the Jews, and they plead with Jesus to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that this one for whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. That's a... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, a centurion, a Roman soldier building a Jewish synagogue. That's time. unreal. Yeah. And the centurion did not do that to good, to get in good with his superiors. <laughs> uh, he did not do that to for men's applause. He was not doing that. You know, Pilate. Wait. No, who am I thinking of? Is it Herod? When he beheads James, and when he saw, you have the phrase, when he saw that it pleased the people. Where is that? Uh, you hunt, feel free to hunt for that. Okay. But that concept where politicians are just trying to please people, that's not what the centurion was doing. He wasn't just trying to please the Jews. He was he was doing this charitable deed, and and, and the point being, he was not tooting his own horn. He was not boasting about what he'd done. The Jews were boasting about him. The Jews were the ones. Those who came to Jesus said, he is deserving. And they were glorifying God, but they were recognizing what this man had done. And and good for them. You know, good for the Jews to be good for these Jews to be willing to say this Roman, this Gentile centurion is worthy of this. And it's just a a wonderful thing that, again, we do not we don't lift our own hands up in that sense. Someone else, someone else does it. We don't boast of ourselves, but we are allowed to boast of others. Did you find the passage yet that I'm thinking of? Well, all I'm getting is John with Herod. Uh, That's not the one you're looking for. No, that's all right. 
I'll, I'll hunt for it at some point. Another example of the same thing of boasting for others. Do you remember when, um, oh, when Tabitha. X 12. Acts 12. 1 through 4. Is that that says James Jane, and Peter? Ki, Jane, uh, uh, Herod killed Jane's brother yeah. of Jonathan's sword, verse 3, because he saw that it pleased the Jews. Yeah. He proceeded further to seize Peter also. Right. And it was during the days of unleavened bread. And he's just doing it because he saw that it pleased the people. Yeah. That's not why the centurion did it. Right. That's not why the centurion built that synagogue, just to please the Jews. Uh, that was kind of why Herod built the temple. Um, but anyway, that's a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother thing. Um, so that's one example where you have the Jews boasting about someone else. They were boasting about the centurion and what he'd done. Those Jews who came to Jesus, and Jesus would go on to heal the servant. Another example is Tabitha, um, Dorcas. Mm-hmm. She dies, and this passage is in Acts chapter 9. Right. And you want to just run through what happened? It's Acts 9 verses, oh, good grief. I have Acts 9 verse 36 is basically where the account starts. starts. Because all that happens in Joppa, I believe, where Simon the Tanner. And they were, she's very very charitable with her deeds. And here the people bring all the different tunics and clothing to Peter to be able to show off what she had done. They were bragging her up for what right. she'd done to be able to help out people. And here's some of those, here's some of those samples, I guess you could almost say of some of the yeah. offerings that she did Yeah, that she had in her own collection of stuff at the time. I don't think Tabitha was going around saying, look at me, look at me. No, but they were, but they were doing it for her after yeah. she uh, got sick and died with everything. Yeah. So it's just another example of the same thing. The third example I, I have is, is in first Timothy In first Timothy, you have a, conversation about true widows and and those widows who still have family and in that that passage in talking about how someone was a true widow it says verse 9 do not let a widow under 60 years 60 years old be taken into the number and not unless she's been the wife of one man well reported for good works if she's brought up children if she's lost strangers on and on but that, that phrase, well-reported for good works, I think what we're talking about is reputation. And that if you do good works, as it says, let your light so shine before men that when, when others see your good works, they glorify God. You are developing a reputation. A reputation is what other people think about you. A reputation is not what you think about yourself. Yes. That's not a reputation. Exactly. It's what others think about you. So here's an example of a woman who is well reported for good works, just like Tabitha. And that's 1 Timothy 5, 3 through 12, kind of the just the explanation, just about the And so I I was just thinking about that idea of, of reputation. Yeah. And when the Lord says, do your charitable deeds, but... But don't don't to your own horn. Yeah, there's limited anonymity. You do it like your left hand doesn't know what your right hand's doing. Right, and then it's up to the recipient to. It, it will affect your reputation with the recipient. Yeah, and they'll glorify God. And the the passage, you know, there in First Timothy five, where it, this idea of reputation and and doing works, and how you may not know. <laughs> 
what work someone's doing because they're doing them anonymously. Yeah. Some people, you know, every good work they've ever done. Yeah. Because they list it. Right. And they're like, you know, I invited I invited 28 people to church. And it's like, you know, and they, they start doing that stuff. And it's like, we don't need to know that. It, it's it's kind of like, you know, some people, they don't know what they're doing. But then, for instance, you know, you got the instance with Dorcas or Tabitha there. I think about it as well, you know, at some point when someone passes away, whoever's maybe doing a service, if there's a service, all of a sudden, guess what? Some of the people, they start talking about some of the things that this person did. It's like, right. I didn't know that person right. did that. I didn't know this person did that. You know what I'm saying? That's the only time that it happens. But that's where right. my mind's going to. It's like, wow, this person did a whole lot more than what I was really realizing or expecting or anticipating or anything right. like that. Because we don't need to know every little detail of everyone's life. With a, that's God does. Yeah. God knows. I will say that example makes me mindful of the phrase, give roses to the living. And it's like, don't, it's nothing wrong with, you know, eulogizing about someone yeah. after they're gone. But don't, you don't praise have those, to. Praise you, those who need to be praised. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a it's a Philippians 4, 8 thing. Anything praiseworthy, give praise to it right. at that time. Um, Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman. Yeah. Her children praise her. Yeah. And it's like, give praise. If something's praiseworthy, call it out. Because if they're really righteous, they're not going to do it. Right. <laughs> they're not going to call attention to it. They're just going to do the deed. It's up to the recipient to praise exactly to praise them, and here in First Timothy five, after the discussion of widows, it goes on and you have a few instructions about um, Timothy's role in the church there in Ephesus, and he says dealing with elders, things things like that. He says verse twenty one. Let's see, I no, let me find the verse I'm looking for. It's towards the tail end of the the chapter. This is verse twenty four. Some men's sins are clearly evident preceding them to judgment but those of some men will follow later there are some sins that you know about and you got to deal with some stuff god's going to have god's going to have to deal with it and god will deal with it it's yeah. all going to come out in the wash when it's all right. said and done but likewise just as some sins are hidden the next verse talks about the good works likewise the good works of some are clearly evident yeah and that's how reputations are made but at the same same time, and those that are otherwise, so they're not clearly evident, but they cannot be hidden. They're not hidden from God. Yeah. God knows. And we're thankful for that because, frankly, and I mean, Daniel, I'm sure you're the same way. You know, sometimes you don't, you don't feel appreciated, right? And I mean, I'm the same way, and sometimes I don't feel appreciated. And, and there are times, uh, obviously, I don't appreciate others like I should. Yeah. And that probably just speaks to our mm, ineptness, our – it's wrong. I'm not trying to justify it, but yeah. my, my point is we're thankful that the Lord knows. Right. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And other people may not appreciate us. Yeah. But God does. Right. So we're we're thankful for that. And so we do charitable deeds. And we're not trying to draw attention to ourselves. We're trying to draw attention to God. We're trying to draw attention to the Lord. Um, not slap our name on everything and look at what look at what I've done. Everybody, look at what I've done. Like the Pharisees going around in their long flowing robes and 
having their phylacteries large, their huge phylacteries, you know, huge boxes on their heads and on their arms, so everybody can see, oh, look at all of my good works and look how religious I am. We'll blow the horn one more time. <laughs> Your kazoo on that one again. And I mean, and frankly, people bought it back then. Yeah. They were like, wow, if 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 they can't, if they're not saved, what what chance do the tax collectors and the harlots have? It's like, well, the tax collectors and the harlots are actually repenting. Yeah. But those who are trusting in themselves that they're righteous, uh-oh, there's that idea again, trusting in themselves. Slap my name on it. Toot my own horn. Look at everything I've done. I look real religious. I appear to men. I make long, vain, repetitive, you know, repetitive, repetitive prayer. That's the next portion in Matthew five, or are we in Matthew? We're in Matthew six, six now. Yeah. And the Lord's like, unless you know, He starts the whole thing. Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees. Because that's what their righteousness was. And they're like whitewashed tombs. Yeah. They look pretty. Look good. But full of dead men's bones. Unclean. So that's everything I had on my notes. Um, do you have anything else? You know, again, you know, we talk about the the God rewarding us openly. Uh, just to add a little bit more again. I, I'm using passages like, for instance, 1 Peter 5, 6, let God exalt you in due time. You know, James 4, God will lift you up. Yep. Matthew 6, 14, God offers the gift of you know, his reward. You know, We talk about here on this earth is forgiveness, his redemption through Jesus Christ. And then there in the end, he rewards us openly with that forgiveness of heaven being our home. The faithful servant will be rewarded. Again, we talk about the subject of heaven being the hope and promise of eternal life. And we're going to know this reward in the end. Yeah, sure. again, as we, as we talk about this, you know, we may not get that reward here in this life, and we're not going to get that reward of heaven in this life. But in the end, after we have passed on, after we've moved on from this life, God will reward those who diligently seek him, who obey him. As you mentioned, Hebrews eleven six passage. Yep. God rewards those who diligently seek him, and it's open. It will be known then. You know, it's like when Jesus sits there and says, you know, if you confess me before men, I'm going to confess you. And it's yep. all are going to know that in the end. Yep. When we're standing there for those that have the reward and for those who don't have the reward, it it's will going be, to be evident. <laughs> it will be evident, absolutely, when we look at this. Again, the, the, the thought behind all of this, looking at all these things, is to be charitable, to show an act of kindness, yeah. benevolence, goodwill, however you want to look at it. Do it. We don't have to be known by it. Let yeah. others let others kind of do it. And in, as you mentioned, as we're kind of looking at this, uh, kind of all the, God knows. Yeah. And so we probably should emphasize that. It's like, be charitable. Yeah. Be giving. Be generous. And the Lord loves a cheerful giver, whether we're talking about the work of the church or whether we're talking about individually, whatever the charitable deed is, whatever it is. Whatever it is. You know, we talk about the idea of doing good, Galatians 6, 9, and 10. Yeah. Do not be weary in doing good. Second Thessalonians three thirteen also kind of reciprocates that same statement as well. Yep. Do what good. Does, un, do good unto all. What does it mean to be good? To to not to be good. To do good. Matthew twenty five kind of answers some of that context. Whether it's visiting, being able to help people with their needs from time to time. Whether it's food, shelter, clothing, drink. You need a whatever visit. It is. Whatever it is, there are yeah. so many different things. 
that we can be able to do and do good. As charitable yeah. workers, it is a it is implied, it's a requirement. It should be something that's like a given as us as Christians being in Christ, looking to Jesus, our example, and looking at what he did to be able to try to do good to others, or to follow and emulate that same example to be charitable. I remember, is it when Mary anoints or when Jesus is anointed and you have the phrase, she has done what she could. Exactly, and it's very similar. It's a very similar thing with the with the, the widow and her two mites, as you were mentioning earlier. She yeah. did what she could. She did what she Everybody could. did out of their abundance. She did what she could out of her poverty. A cup of water in the name of a prophet. Yeah, you know, and it's like you do what you can. Exactly. Um, and small or large, whatever it is, you just do what you can, and the yeah. Lord's the Lord's pleased, and he he sees into he sees into the darkness, right. and he rewards openly. So. Appreciate you, Daniel. Appreciate it as well. Yep. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Hope everyone has been doing well. And we hope you join us next week for another episode of Looking to Jesus. Thank you.